Welcome to Homestead Story. We're Peter and Kristen. Join us as we share a new but old kind of family life. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Homestead Story. Hello, everyone. It has been a fun fall. We've been kind of busier than we are usually because we decided to do soccer. So we weren't actually going to do soccer this year because we're doing something else called trail life. Trail life is kind of like Boy Scouts. Yeah. And I like sports, but it makes me nervous thinking that we just drive around the sports events. Yeah. We do not want to base our life around sports. That thought makes me nervous. So we decided we're not going to do soccer. We're going to do trail life, which meets very, it doesn't meet very often. It's every other week. So it's not a huge commitment that takes over your life. And, um, so I told my son, yeah, we're not going to do soccer. And then one day he was okay with it. And then he comes to me and he's crying and he's like, I'm made to compete. I, I need to compete. <laughs> and I just couldn't resist it. He's so, so competitive. Yeah. I told Pete, we got, we got to do soccer. So it's, it's built into him. Uh huh. It's been really fun. It's been, it has been fun. So yeah, we went camping last weekend. I was really nervous about this. Kristen has never camped before or our three-year-old or four-year-old. I've gone out with the boys a few times, but as a family, we've never done it before. I was super nervous. It was it was really It fun. worked out really well. My parents came and our three-year-old attached himself to them. Yes. So we actually sent the three-year-old to sleep in the grandparent tent. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> so it was great. It was a lot of fun. Anyway, this morning we woke up and it's a rainy Sunday, so we thought it was a perfect day to do a podcast. Yeah, it hasn't rained for three weeks, so it's nice to actually just be inside. It's been a hot, dry fall. Sure has. So I've heard it said, I forget where, that if you want to know really what you're meant to do in your life or what you're passionate about, to think of what you loved when you were eight. And it's funny because Pete and I were just remembering this a minute ago. We went away for with Pete's parents and brother to a, I don't know, cabin or something for a little mini vacation. And Pete's mom brought this huge box of their elementary school work. So around when they were eight-ish, all their little, I don't know, essays or whatever you wrote in elementary school. Yeah, it was elementary and middle school, I think. Uh, right. Okay. She had saved it all, which was really fun to go back and look through. And so we were reading my brother's and every single thing he wrote about was about sports. And if you know his brother, his brother is so athletic and so passionate about sports. He was a minor league umpire actually. Right. And yeah, just very So he loves sports. But the funny thing was we went back and read through all of my articles and essays and they were all about food. Every single one. Every single one of them. I was just cracking up. Every essay after essay was something about food or a poem. How would you change your school day? And it would be ideas like we would have a shrimp break in the middle of the day at school. (laughs) Which, Come on, children, it's shrimp time. Yeah. I love food. I remember I loved pie crust growing up, so I learned how to make it, and I would just make myself pie crust. No pie, just the pie crust, so I would eat it all day. I love food. I've been making food since I was young, and that's really great because now we're on the homestead, and I feel like I have the perfect life yeah. because... We're putting in a two-acre orchard. Everything we do is about food. Yeah, milk and cream and <laughs> meat and fruit. So Pete went back to his eight-year-old eight love and passion right. of food, and that's what we're doing. Kristen makes fresh bread all the time. <laughs> I married well. <sighs> so anyway, today we're going to talk about what we eat. A friend of mine actually gave me the idea for this podcast. She messaged me and said, I was just thinking, I was wondering, what do you guys eat? And so she thought it'd be a great podcast idea, and I thought so too. So Contrary to my essay, we do not have a shrimp break at 10 <laughs> o'clock every day. But Yeah. So years ago, I was listening to an interview with Joel Salatin, and I remember him saying that he found it so strange that people would take something as intimate as eating and be completely naive about it, that they didn't know where their food was coming from or what was put into it. And that's exactly where I'm coming from, and Kristen too. We had general ideas about what we wanted to do as far as eating healthy, but we didn't know anything about the food supply, where it was coming from, what it was doing to our bodies, when we would eat junk food, what that might be doing in in a negative way to our bodies. We kind of just were completely naive about the whole subject. 
yeah, when I, I would just go to the store and buy whatever I wanted, whatever ingredients I needed. And now I look at the label, I look at the ingredients in everything. And that never would have even occurred to me to look at ingredients before. Right. It's just so funny how far we were from our food. Right. Right. And we're in America, which means there's junk food everywhere. Totally surrounded by it constantly. Go Mm -hmm. down any town in America and there's fast food and there's chips and there's candy bars and soda. I mean, it's everywhere. So we're pretty much like everybody else, which find ourselves in this position of wanting to eat healthy and doing what we can to surround ourselves in that way, but constantly being assaulted in a way by this, by this temptation to eat these engineered foods, these junk foods that, you know, they're made to be addictive to our bodies and they're terrible for us. So we have that same struggle that I think, you know, most other people have of when to splurge and when not to splurge and how to be healthy mm-hmm. in the midst of it. Right. So we're going to talk about what we eat on a daily basis, but first I want to make it really clear that we don't eat perfectly. We do eat junk food from time to time, and we don't make it a stressful thing or a guilty thing. People come before food to us, so if someone offers us something that isn't great, we will definitely eat it and enjoy it. And there is a nostalgia, I think, to junk food. There's something nostalgic about it because we have eaten it our whole life, so there are some foods that are just... They bring back good memories or something. So it's funny. So my girlfriend and I, for example, in high school, we would always have sleepovers and we would get these things called hot fries. Which I don't understand. (laughs) I think they taste terrible. Well, you don't have the nostalgia of them. You don't have the the good memories of being with your girlfriend. That's true. (laughs) If I'm going to eat junk food, I want it to be something that tastes good. Hot fries. Okay. If you don't know what hot fries are, they're not, I'm not talking about French fries. Hot fries are these... Things I don't know what they are actually. That, I'm not sure they're actually food. Uh, they come in a bag, and you can get them at gas stations, I guess, or uh, grocery stores, I guess. And they are amazing. They taste so good. Kristen loves them. <laughs> so now everyone tell my same girlfriends from high school. Every once in a while, if we're if maybe somebody's going through a hard time or we're getting some special time together, every once in a while we'll get hot fries. And we will eat them. And I was sitting with my friends and, you know, they know we're basing our life around, you know, homesteading and eating healthy. And I'm eating these hot fries with my girlfriends. And I was like, these, I don't know why, but these are just amazing. They're so amazing that I feel like they have to be good for me. (laughs) And my friend was like, well, they're kind of like a drug. They have MSG in them. And MSG is a very controversial thing, additive that they put in food. And P and I don't, we like to just throw things out there and you do your own research. Cause I guess there's a lot of controversy around MSG, but it's this, you know, the basic, I guess, idea of it is it's this powerful, uh, taste enhancing additive and it can, it just activates pleasure centers in your brain. So right. it's very addictive and it makes you think that it's amazing. So basically you're eating this thing that I think is tricking you into thinking that it's so amazing. Right. So, you know, hot fries are one of those foods that it's like, I don't know, it brings back great memories. And (laughs) so, yeah, but here's the thing. They have no nutritional value to them. Basically Mm -hmm. they do have calories in them and, but they're not really good for you in the positive sense of the word. Right. Maybe if there was nothing else to eat in the world, you could eat them, but they're not good for you. (laughs) But, but they are being engineered to make your body really want them. Uh-huh. So that whether you think MSG is good for you or not, the FDA says it's okay, and there's lots of people who say it's not, and whatever. Even if it is good for you, it's making your body crave something that has no nutritional value. So mm-hmm. even if even if MSG itself was okay, it's still one of the. It's a bad concept that that we're we're engineering junk food so that it becomes addictive to people, mm-hmm. and that becomes predatory. That's mm-hmm. the moral issue there, is that it's predatory for people who don't have the self-control to be surrounded by this in life and say no. Mm-hmm. So food companies are making foods that they know have no nutritional value, but they're making them addictive. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem. But we have the nostalgia, and you know, <laughs> I totally understand it. I get it. <laughs> right. So, And we don't want our kids... We want our kids to learn self-control, not... So we're not like, we go to the birthday party and our kids have to sit in the corner and not eat the cake. I want my kids to not feel deprived and they can have the junk food and they can see how it makes them feel. It makes them feel different than the healthy food that we get. Right. They're going to be surrounded by it their whole life. So for us, 
maturity means that they can be surrounded by it and have it in the proper quantity. Right. I don't want them to never have it. And then they grow up and they're like, yay, we're free from mom and dad. Yeah. We can eat all the junk food we want. You know, we want them to eat the junk food and then learn how to use self-control. So again, we don't eat perfectly. When we get a babysitter, we definitely will eat, we'll get some junk food. Cause I don't, I need babysitters from time to time. And it's hard to get in our area. Babysitting is not like the hot job. So it's kind of hard to get babysitters. And I don't want to be like, Hey babysitter, help yourself to anything in the fridge. You can have hard boiled eggs. <laughs> so I'll make Pete, if a babysitter's coming, I'm like, get chips or cookies. We need these babysitters to come back. Right. Serve them addictive food. Serve them MSG. They'll come <laughs> so back. they'll come back. Yeah. <laughs> we need babysitters. Well, and they do they do snacks after soccer. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to be the family that brings tomatoes and kale. Yeah. Here, like children, that. have your kale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're not. We don't want to be weird about it. Kale. We don't want to be weird about it. So we really try to do balance. We're living in this world in this culture, and so. Um, yeah, it was funny. We, when we went camping, I had this vision of myself because we don't eat junk food very often. I had this vision of myself sitting by a campfire at night and eating barbecue potato chips. I don't know why that just seemed like amazing to me. So, yeah. and when we do special things like a baseball game or a whatever, or when we go special things, we'll eat junk food. So I had this idea. I'm going to have well, my special thing was bringing amazing meatballs. Yeah. But. Pete made meatballs and made these amazing meatball subs at the camping camp trip. But anyway, I wanted to have barbecue chips by the fire. And so I had my bag of barbecue potato chips and when it was nighttime, I got them out and all these children are like, Ooh, can I have a chip? And I'm like, no, <laughs> these are my chips, children. Cause there was like a lot, we went with our trail life. So there were a lot of kids there and like, no, these are my potato chips, everybody. I'm eating these potato chips. So I ate them. <laughs> and I just felt so terrible afterwards. It was one of those things where you're just eating them and I'm like, get these things away from me. This yeah. is so disgusting. I feel terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so one thing we have... Well, the other funny thing before you move on was we went to this campsite and there was a pawpaw grove there, which was incredible. I was mm-hmm. so excited. Because we're growing... Pawpaws are not sold in the stores and we're growing them here. Right. They're a native tree in Maryland. And so I had never been in a pawpaw grove before though. I've only ever had a few pawpaws. Next thing you know, there's pawpaw trees everywhere. Mm-hmm. And there's, there was, you know, we were shaking pawpaws out of the trees and eating them like crazy. So our seven-year-old ate like seven pawpaws. <laughs> and you're not really supposed to eat the skin. Like it t- kind of tastes gross and, mm-hmm. you know, probably has, you know, it fell out of the ground, you know, onto the ground. Who knows what was on the skin. But It's not like an apple where you eat the skin. You you eat, you cut it open, right. kind of like a banana. But he was just inside. going for it. Oh, so he ate seven pawpaws <laughs> and then threw up. <laughs> and obviously, if you eat that many. But he was just so excited about right. it because I was so excited. Pawpaws. I ate eight of them, and <laughs> I felt a little. I had one, and that was totally enough. <laughs> yeah, they're very sugary, so I felt a little sugared out <laughs> afterwards. <but laughs> you guys like binged on pawpaws. You've been waiting so long. Yeah. Uh, but that was fun to see all those pawpaws because we're going to get those soon. So. It's, it's nice, though, to eat junk food from time to time after you've been eating really well because you can really see the difference. Wow, I feel like I don't have a lot of energy. Wow, I feel gross. Right. And I think if we eat those foods all the time, you don't even realize that you don't feel good. And I think right. it is a good reminder. Like every once in a while, I think for like, two reasons. I mean, your body becomes more accustomed to it. So mm-hmm. when you don't eat junk food very often and then all of a sudden you put 400 calories of pure sugar into your body, you, you know, your body mm-hmm. freaks out a little bit. But... Also, yeah, if you just feel terrible all the time, you don't notice the difference. Right, right. And I think like when I ate those potato chips, I was like, well, I'm glad I did that because now I won't, I'll remember this for a little while that I'm not missing out when I don't eat these things because I feel so gross now. Right. And I think it's neat. Our son, he's turning, our oldest son is turning eight and he's getting to this maturity level where I'm seeing him kind of turn down junk food sometimes because he knows that it doesn't make him feel good. What were you talking about when you guys ate junk food after the yeah, game? Yeah, well, we did yesterday. We woke up and we were, Kristen had to go somewhere and we were, it was one of these mornings we were totally thrown off and then we went to the soccer game and Kristen bought little donuts and had those and then there was chips and juice after the game mm-hmm. and we went through a whole morning where we just kind of ate junk food mm-hmm. and then we got home and we were feeling it. So, you know, we just felt bad. So Justin went over to the forest garden and grabbed some handfuls of tomatoes and him and I just gobbled them down because we both felt like we have to eat some real food. My mm-hmm. body needs needs something real. I can't just live off of, of fake calories. Right, right. So our oldest son is starting to make those 
more mature food decisions. Our younger ones aren't quite there yet where they can regulate what's making them feel good or bad, I don't think. But I think they'll get there as they get older. So we don't eat perfectly, and we don't feel bad about that. We're not trying to prove anything. Well, we don't have to feel guilty about it. Our body already has the negative consequence. Right. So if you eat like junk, you feel bad, and then you want to feel good again. Right, right. Yeah, and um, I never want people to feel uncomfortable around me if they're eating something bad. And so... So that's, that's important to know first. So we're not extreme about anything. We live kind of like normal people in a lot right. of ways. <laughs> so now we're going to kind of answer the question, what we do eat on a day-to-day basis, our normal kind of healthy lifestyle, that is a norm. Right, right. So first I just want to start off by saying I do not like to cook. I really don't. I'm not one of those people that a lot of people will say, oh, cooking relaxes me. I love cooking. Yeah. Pete's really good at cooking, but you're at work most right. of the day. So I do most of the food, making the food. I don't, it doesn't relax me. It isn't this nice escape for me. I have a friend and cooking is just what she is made to do. I feel like everything she touches just turns to something amazing and it just happens naturally. It flows out of who she is. And some people are gifted in that way. That is not me. And I hear a lot of people say, oh, I can't cook or I don't like to cook. And I don't think that has anything to do with if you can make food or not. So I don't, I don't love it, but I have grown to love the way that healthy food makes me feel. Where did you start? What do you mean? Where did you start? Where, where was your cooking knowledge coming from? Because when I met you, I taught you how to boil pasta. <laughs> boil water. <laughs> <laughs> she yeah. put a huge pot of water on and she was going to boil a pound of pasta. And I was like, and then she put the heat on low. I was like, we're going to wait for this to, for like an hour to boil. <laughs> right. So I, I like tried to turn up the heat without making you feel embarrassed. Oh, you're so sweet. So yeah, so when Pete met me, I did not know how to cook. Now she's a great cook though. Like you say, it's not what you love to do, but you can, you've learned to do it really Yeah, well. you can learn how to do these things and they're... They're natural to who we are because it's part of what we need. So things like gardening, we say, I'm a terrible gardener. Maybe you're not. Maybe you just need practice. Or you say, I'm a terrible cook. Maybe you just need practice. So I did not know. You can't just know something unless, I mean, there are some people that are just amazingly gifted at it. But for most of us, we have to learn something and we have to practice it. So like high heat to boil water. Yes. (laughs) No, no. So, so anyway, I don't want to, I don't want people to think like, oh, she's just good at that or she likes that because... That's not the case. I like, but I like the way that good food makes me feel. And I, I love my body and I, I want to take care of my body. And I will say too, when my kids eat a lot of sugar and they eat a lot of processed food, I find them to be a lot less enjoyable human beings. Oh, they're terrible. I think that processed food makes children a lot more annoying. I'm sorry to say. Is yeah. that terribly mean? No. Well, their <laughs> blood sugar spikes and then it crashes and they and, feel terrible, so they act terrible. And I, I tend to notice that when they eat a lot of processed junk food, they're just never satisfied and they're a lot more whiny and they're just they're just not as enjoyable as when they're eating healthy food. So right. I find that... Which health- is probably the same effect it has on adults. We can just regulate it a little bit better. Right. And I find that when they're eating healthy, their attention span is better and I homeschool. So in order to enjoy my children, in order to feel good... That's what drives me to cook, not a love for cooking. That's what drives me to make food. Right. So, um, and it took practice. It it took me years to get to where I am right now. One thing at a time, two years, I think. Right. Two or three years to get to where we are now. So, So what does our basic food look like? So we have four boys who really never stop eating. They are so active. They are growing at a ridiculous speed and they just are hungry all the time. And it would be so easy for me to just open a package and give it to them. That's so tempting because they never want to stop eating. So let's just talk about the foods that we are constantly giving to them on a day-to-day basis. So we'll start with, I guess, breakfast, right? Yeah. So, okay. So I eat differently than my children. If I ate like a growing boy, I would probably be huge. My body's not growing in that way. So I don't eat the way my kids eat. They wake up and they really want to eat right away. And so the basic foods that we have for them, I make a granola. They need a lot more carbs than me because they're just burning a lot more energy. So there's a homemade granola that I make, and that's one option that they can have. I also bake our own breads. So I like things that just have a few simple ingredients. When you bake your own bread... Let me pull out my bread recipe here. I make bread with just flour, water, yeast, a little bit of sugar for the yeast to feed off of. Mm -hmm. And I have this, there are certain cooking things that I can't live without. What do you call them? 
cooking gadgets, gear, yeah, gadgets, certain things <laughs> that I can't live without. And we don't like to have a cluttered kitchen. We don't have a ton of stuff, but I can't live without the KitchenAid mixer. I got an extra big mixer and <clears throat> every other day or so I bake our bread and it sounds complicated to bake bread. That does sound complicated because almost nobody does it. You, you bake bread for special occasions. You don't bake bread for normal life. But yeast bread, it just sounds so complicated, but to me, it just has become a normal part of the day and it really takes no work. It just takes time. So that's one thing I have on my side. I'm home and it might be hard if you're running out to work and I understand that's a different lifestyle um, and you have to figure out a different way to, to eat healthy, but I'm home. So you have to let the bread rise a couple times. It just takes time. So you put, I take a kitchen aid mixer and I put in there just flour and water and sugar and the kitchen aid mixer kneads it all up. And then you let it rise for about an hour and then you take it out and you roll it out and then you kind of roll it up into mm-hmm. a loaf of bread and then you let it rise for about another hour or so. And then you have this gorgeous French, it looks like kind of like a French bread, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I put some little soots in it with a knife and then you bake it for 20 minutes and it is so good. Um, I have so many kids that come over and they'll eat the bread and they'll say, this is the best bread I've ever had in my life. It's just so good. It's so fresh. And oh, fresh bread is the best. Yes. So I was a foodie even from my earliest days and now I get to come home to fresh bread all the time. Mm-hmm. And eat my butter on top of it. I just, yes. I have the best life. So we'll do bread and butter or bread and um, pesto. Uh, yeah. So the, the kids, get, they need a lot of carbs. So I do make my own bread. Now, a lot of people do these uh, certain diets, like maybe vegan diets or um, grain-free. They don't do any breads or grains or gluten-free. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there's a lot of good science behind that, and I think that works really well for a lot of people. We actually tried it because there is some good arguments for it, and I'm, I'm sure that it is you know, a really positive thing for a lot of people. And we tried it, and our kids were just too hungry all the time. Like we could not, It just didn't work out. And I think right. we just have to admit we love breads in our family. Yeah, and it <laughs> seems to work well for us. So making our own bread, though, allows us to keep it simpler because mm-hmm. even the breads that you're buying from the store oftentimes have a lot of additives in them. Right. They'll put twice the amount of gluten in it so that it can sit on a shelf forever and travel mm-hmm. across the country and things like that. And uh, when you when you get to make it yourself, we get to use really good flour, right. non-GMO organic flour, yeah. and we know what went into that bread. Mm-hmm. Right. So if I when I was grabbing like a loaf of bread off of the shelf, that's when I started to look at ingredients. And it just has so many ingredients. And I'm like, well, bread should really only have flour and water and yeast and sugar and maybe a little salt. Like, what are all these ingredients? Right. Because so, after you make fresh bread, in a couple of days, it's not that good anymore. I mean, yeah. it goes stale really quickly. Mm-hmm. So they can't sell that. Right. Right. So it has all these things in it and it just doesn't, nothing tastes as good as homemade bread. It just, it is so good. So we always have about two loaves of bread that are there and it sounds crazy to make my bread probably every other day I make it. But again, it's just, you know, my kids are homeschooled, so they're doing their math and the bread, the dough is rising. It's not like I'm working hard making this bread. I'm just there to watch it. And and it's just kind of this, it became one thing that seemed overwhelming and impossible before has just become a normal part of the day. So we eat just for carbs because my kids need a lot of carbs. We'll eat the granola or some bread or uh, eggs. We eat a lot of eggs. Now, I don't love eggs. I never have liked eggs. And my kids don't really like eggs either. And I kind of think that eggs are for some people, some people love eggs. I love them. Okay. I know a lot of people who just love eggs. I think they're more like of an acquired taste. So my kids at first would kind of, kind of gag them down, <laughs> Yeah. but we kept on working at it and finding new ways to eat eggs. And now we can, now we eat eggs and it's a great protein source. And it's in a source of incredible amount of nutrition. Well, the pasture raised eggs. The pasture raised eggs. We talked that about that before, but there's been plenty of lab studies on pasture-raised eggs, and they are so full of good stuff. It's mm-hmm. like eating vitamins, right. except your body can probably handle it better than vitamins. Right. 
Right. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not. I'm not a nutritionist, but Mm -hmm. I know that these eggs are really, really good for you. Right. So we wanted our kids to like them. So it was one of those things where we kind of forced it upon them for a while. Mm -hmm. Now they love to eat hard-boiled eggs. Mm -hmm. And I really want them to get the nutrition from the eggs. So if they want ketchup with it or something like that, I let them do ketchup with it. I just want them to eat the eggs because it's a good protein source. I also make about a gallon of yogurt every couple days. And yogurt, you can make that even without a cow. It's really easy to make. And you can find all these recipes online, but you can make yogurt in a crock pot. It's very easy. So I make this big gallon of yogurt every couple days and my kids love yogurt. So they'll do yogurt with honey or yogurt with granola. Um, right. So I've noticed when you go to the store, that's something that it's, it's next to, it's really hard to find yogurt that doesn't have tons of sugar in it. Yeah. Even though everybody knows how bad, bad, you know, refined sugar is for you now, they're still putting it in all the yogurt. It's got a ton of sugar in it. So it's nice to make your own and it's nothing but milk, one mm-hmm. ingredient plus the yogurt culture. Yeah. Right. I mean, a lot of these foods we think they're healthy, but they're just so, so you buy a yogurt and you're like, Oh, it's so healthy. It's yogurt and fruit. Uh, but it's just so loaded with sugar. It's, you know, not good. Right. It's so good. Um, so, uh, my kids have to, they eat constantly. I eat differently. So when I wake up, I'm not really hungry. And I don't typically eat breakfast until I feel hungry. And when, it was funny. I met this woman and she was talking to me about how she does intermittent fasting or something. And I was like, right. what is that? And she had a certain time of when she would eat her meals. And I was like, oh, that's interesting because I kind of just do that naturally. I just wait till I'm, I don't eat meals on a schedule. I eat when I'm hungry. And one positive effect I think that has is since I'm hungry, I kind of have learned to listen to my body and what my body needs. And I can't even explain that. I couldn't say when I need protein, my body feels like this, or when I need a carb, my body feels like this. It's just something over the years that I've kind of learned to, to listen to my body. And what does my body need? Uh, some mornings I'll think I really need protein and I'll make an omelet or I'll make eggs. Other mornings I think I need sugar and I'll have yogurt and fruit uh, or right. maybe some of the granola. I don't put sugar in the granola, but I do put maple syrup in the granola, which is a some kind of sweetener, some kind yeah. of sugar. Yeah. But um, so this is that's a really cool concept because a lot of other mammals in the world know what they want to eat. Mm-hmm. They will self they when they have access to it, they're gonna they're gonna eat what's good for them. They they just naturally start wanting the right things. Mm-hmm. And I think we are probably capable of that too as humans. We've just clouded clouded it so much mm-hmm. with with a lot of, of uh, you know, things right. that aren't great for us. It makes it harder to do. Right. And if we're always putting these snacks into our body, we can't really listen to what our body needs. Our body can't really tell us because we're right. just full all the time. Right. So, and I do the same thing. I usually don't eat till 10 o'clock, maybe 11 o'clock. And it's, that's just, it works better for my body. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting then to find out that intermittent fasting is something that's really good for you. And, and people have discovered that and be like, well, it's kind of what I just do. Right. Yeah. I didn't know that was, I guess that's a trend now, uh, but we just kind of have just done it. So we do drink coffee in the morning. We love our coffee. Yeah. So with our cream. We, yeah, we drink a lot of coffee. But one thing we don't do is we don't, we just really avoid sugar. So we don't put sugar into our coffee. And that was something that. Pete taught me when I met you, because I would do like tons of sugar and stuff in my coffee, but you always do your coffee black. Right. Well, I, I, I put sugar in it originally, and then it just seemed unnecessary to me. It seemed like, why would you put sugar into this? And so I stopped doing it, and coffee tasted bad. It tasted bitter. Mm-hmm. And then I just forced myself to do it for a while, and then I tasted coffee. Mm. I actually tasted what coffee tastes like, and I really liked it. Right. And then I put sugar in it now, and I don't taste the coffee anymore. I just it's just this sweet drink. Yeah. Well, and I think if we, now Pete and I are not, we're not like nutritionists. We're not dietary experts. So, you know, if your doctor told you to eat a certain way, don't listen to us. We're just kind of going with what Mm -hmm. feels right for us. But I think if you eat everything really, really sweet, then in comparison, the natural foods just do not, they're not going to taste good. Right. So if my kids had some big sugary breakfast, an egg would not taste good to them. But if they allow themselves to maybe feel a little hungry or not have just the constant sweet taste, then I think they can eat these foods. Right, right. Um, if I eat sugar in the mor- if I eat sugar in the morning, like a sweet or something, yeah, things don't taste as good later right. in the day, for right. sure. And that's true some of the time. Here's what's interesting is that fruit tastes really sweet. Mm-hmm. I heard uh, farmer Paul Gauchi say, God didn't make us like sweet things just so we'd be frustrated mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, he made us like sweet things because 
because they also can be good for us. So Mm -hmm. I love fruit and fruit has a lot of sugar in it. And so I tried to do some research to figure out if fruit sugar is different than candy bar sugar. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people who say that it is. Now, I don't know all all the science behind that, but fruit has so many other good things in it, like fiber and minerals and, and all kinds of good things. And and I know that I don't want to eat too much fruit. I don't want to overdo the fruit thing. I, I'd like to eat an apple or two, and then I'm done. I don't want to eat any more than that. Whereas with a donut, I would keep eating it until mm. my body feels terrible. Mm. So there is something different about it. The first thing is that there's a lot of really good stuff in the fruit. Um, but it also, it, it seems like I naturally want to regulate that as well. Right, right. So so yeah, we... we Try to avoid the. We don't really eat things that have the unnatural. What what, what would you call it? Sugar. Just refined, refined processed sugar. sugar. Yeah. Okay. So most sugar comes mm-hmm. from sugar beets, which mm-hmm. is a genetically modified product that was put out there so that cane sugar became a little bit hard to get to because it's a tropical thing and it's hard to cultivate. Mm. And so the sugar beet became access to to widespread sugar. So they grow fields and fields and fields of monocrops of sugar beets Mm -hmm. and transfer that into then white granulated sugar that you buy off the, you know, the shelf at the store, or even worse than that is going to be your, your corn syrup, your Mm. Oh, high fructose corn syrup. High fructose yeah. corn syrup. Sorry. Which is another, it's an engineered product. It's not mm. a natural product. It's made in a lab mm. and our bodies crave it. And it's mm. this, this sugar product, which is, has no nutritional value and is addictive. And most people, I think at this point, consider it to be bad for you mm. as well. Right. Okay. So the bulk of our kids' diet is, so we, Pete and I do coffee. We do yogurt. We do granola. We do breads. We do fruits. We do vegetables. We do eggs. And then during the day, we might eat a little bit of, if we're still really hungry or needing protein, um, a lot of times, we'll, since we have so much beef, we can we'll also do beef. Another fun thing that I make for the kids, my kids who need a lot of carbs, so we are not a gluten-free family, clearly, they, they love taco shells. So that was one staple that I would always buy was taco shells. And again, we've kind of cut out <clears throat> one staple at a time from the store, I would say. So if you did everything that we did at once, you would fail. You'd be so overwhelmed. Oh my gosh, it'd be so overwhelming. <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah, because... But we have just done, taken one thing at a time over the years. It is so... That's the psychologically healthy way to do it. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, if you want to get from one place to the other, just take the first step and mm-hmm. you can change one thing in your diet, then you can follow that up and change another thing. Right. Or you can make one thing become a more natural part of your life and then add in another thing. Absolutely. So I was kind of making most things, but then I was buying taco shells because my kids loved tacos. And again, I would look at the back and look at the ingredients and it's just so many ingredients. And I don't know if they're, there could be arguments that they're fine. I don't, I just know that it's a lot and it's unnecessary. So I felt like I had everything kind of under control with the other food. So I thought, okay, I'll start to learn how to make our own taco shells. Cause I'm sure there's a way. And it turns out it's this, it's just so simple. It's a little bit of flour, water and salt so no good. yeast, nothing, and you just kind of roll them out, and then you put them in a pan, and you flip them for like 30 seconds on each side, and then you have these amazing, fresh, warm taco shells. So a lot of times for lunch, we might have taco shells with some beef in them and salsa or something. I love cooking, and I've, made, I've been baking since I was very young, and it didn't even occur to me that we could just make our own taco shells. Very easily and so quickly. So there's things that... Little by little, you just kind of start adding them in. Now, the foods that we do buy that we aren't making, I think someday, I think if we made this podcast in five years, we would have a whole array of foods that we're doing. Like, for example, our fruit really isn't even coming. Most of our fruit isn't even coming in yet. Our hazelnuts, our chestnuts. So I think... Asparagus, nut trees. Yeah, it it takes a long time to establish this. Right, right. So I think in the future, we'll have a lot of other foods that we just eat naturally, um, and I think in the future we'll make our own pasta sauces and our own salsas. But right now we haven't had that much of an abundance to make all that for what we eat. So the foods that we still kind of buy from the store, we'll do like an organic salsa. We'll mm-hmm. buy that. And we'll buy an organic pasta sauce because we like to make a lot of meatballs. And we also make, uh, we also buy pasta from the store. So um, someday I would like to make our own pasta. We need to buy uh, a KitchenAid 
pasta attachment. That would be awesome. Because <laughs> I really want to make my own pasta. I think that would be so fun and so amazing. We're like, we're Italian wannabes. We're not really Italian, but we want to be Italian. So They have some <laughs> of the best food in the world. Yeah, we are totally Italian wannabes. So someday I would like to make my own pasta, maybe within this year. I'll let you know if I start making my own pasta. But right now we buy pasta, we buy and those salsa and, and pasta sauce. But I think those are things that are soon going to be we're going to do them ourselves. Oh, the other thing that our kids eat is white rice. Right. We eat a lot of white rice right. and we'll put vegetables on it. Um, it's just a great carbon. It's one ingredient. So you buy it from the store, but it's one, it's rice. And when you get the right setup, it becomes really easy to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I will say I can't live and we're not like selling anything. So this is not, we're not advertisers or something. Yeah. So you can trust that we're being honest. The instant pot. I cannot live without the instant pot. It's a, pres- so cool. a very, it's a safer pressure cooker. <clears throat> Look into it. I make rice in it. I make the granola in it. I make our meats in it. I make our yogurt the eggs, in it. The hard boiled eggs. Oh, the hard boiled eggs in it. It just, it just, I have it kind of going all day long. It's wonderful. So, so our kids, so let me just run through that again. So we, they eat rice, homemade taco shells, bread, meat, eggs, fruits and vegetables, of course, mm-hmm. yogurt, granola. Is that our basic? Yes. And I let myself feel hungry, but I'm not comfortable with my kids really being hungry. So if they're hungry, I typically, I did segmented snack times because they wanted to eat all day long. So we do breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner. And for a snack, they can have, I always have hard boiled eggs available or fruit and yogurt or vegetables. So. Right. um, Well, and then the, the other bulk of our calories comes from the things that we are producing now. So there's always milk, cream, and butter. Oh yeah. And now we have a ton of meat. Mm-hmm. And that's so wonderful to have all of those things. Right. And we we do buy some fruit and vegetables from the store, but we try to eat mostly whatever we are growing because we really feel like that has the most nutrition in it from our soil and it's seasonal and it's fresh and it's ripe. So um, if, we're, if we're really needing produce, we'll buy it. Like we got some apples from an f- apple farm and they were amazing because so we're not really getting our own apples yet. But... If the kale's in, we'll eat a lot of kale. If the cucumbers are in, we'll eat a lot of cucumbers. Right. The tomatoes in, we'll eat just a lot of fresh tomatoes. We do. I don't really buy greens at the store. We just do those sweet potato leaves. Right. So I try not to buy produce from the store unless I absolutely have to. Right. Try to eat even if. So people have this idea that you need a ton of variety. And again, listen to your doctor, not us. But we we don't really focus on variety. We focus on what's fresh and what has a lot of nutrients in it's it. It's a different way of doing variety. It becomes seasonal variety. Mm-hmm. So if there's a lot of cucumbers, we eat a lot of cucumbers, mm-hmm. just like you said. And and then you don't want cucumbers as much anymore. And mm-hmm. you get to take a nice long break from it. Mm-hmm. And there, there's something very satisfying about having seasonal variety. And that's a totally new concept mm-hmm. because we're used to the grocery store where everything is the same all year round. Right. Now there's this other concept that one of the reasons people overeat is because they're lacking nutrients in their body. And I think that's pretty well proven in different ways at this point. You can do your own research. But one of the reasons we overeat, and there's several, but one of them is that our body is craving something. We're low in magnesium or calcium or vitamins. And so our body just keeps trying to eat more and more and more, but it can never actually satisfy that because it's not in the food that we're eating. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of nutritionists out there who will be upfront and say, we can't get the nutrition we need from our food supply anymore. It's just not in our food supply in the same levels it used to be because of the way that things are being farmed. And and so people will take vitamins and supplements and all kinds of stuff. But when we're producing this really high quality nutritious food, that's the other thing is it becomes satisfying to our body. Mm-hmm. Our body actually gets filled up with all of those nutrients and phytochemicals and vitamins and all of these things that are in our food we're getting them because we're eating such high quality food and we know it's high quality food because we're producing it. Right. And it's been really neat to have our food supply then be made up of these ingredients that are coming from our property and we get to eat them seasonally. Mm -hmm. And I think it becomes very satisfying even on a a biological chemical level, like on the deepest level inside of our very bodies, Mm -hmm. they're getting satisfied. Right. Right. Definitely. And you can feel it. You can feel the, feel the difference. I, so in the day-to-day, so again, we've told you we do, we do splurge and eat junk food, but in the day-to-day, I, I just love feeling good. I love waking up and over time starting to listen to my body. What does it need? 
And then in, in the afternoon when I eat again later on, so I don't eat like, I don't eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner at the set times. I do breakfast and then in the middle of the day, I'll do something else. And, you know, I love it if I feel like I need some nutrients and I just walk out to the garden and eat right from the garden, in the garden. It's just, oh, it's just great. It's wonderful. Right. And then we tend to eat huge dinners. So we don't yeah. eat, we don't eat a ton of food during the day. I mean, we're never, we don't starve ourselves. Obviously I'm not saying to do that, but we kind of just eat what our body needs throughout the day. And our kids eat differently. Obviously they eat all day, but, uh, we really, our dinners are just really a special, special time. And we eat really big dinners. It becomes the celebration of the day. Right. And it's also, it's easier to eat very healthy during the day and avoid junk food when I know that we're going to have a really good dinner. Mm -hmm. It's something to look forward to. And we just need consolations like that as humans. We always need something to look forward to. Right. Um, it right. makes it makes the present sacrifice easier if you know something good's really coming and and dinner becomes that daily way of having that. Right. It's totally and it's kind of it's kind of a funny thing because a lot of times we'll have people over for dinner and we make massive quantity of food because we assume that people eat as huge of a dinner as we do. Yeah. <laughs> but most people eat a lot during the day and they're just not that hungry for dinner. Right. And we're like, oh, that's so not satisfying. You got to just like eat really healthy during mm-hmm. the day and have a really fun. Celebration every evening for us is kind of a celebration, so right, right of the hard work that we did during the day, right? And so we eat we eat big fun dinners, and I'm typically done cook by dinner time. I I have made food kind of all throughout the day uh, for the kids, and a lot of times, and then I make the foods like the yogurt. I usually make some kind of big batch of something, so I'm usually making food throughout the day. So when Pete gets home from work. A lot of times I'm honestly like, I'm done. I'm done making food. So yeah. Pete kind of takes the lead a lot of the times. But I like cooking. He loves cooking. But we do it together and it's just fun and we make a lot and we eat a lot. And then we might have leftovers for the next day too. Right. If we need that meat during the day or something. The downside to all of this right now is still the dishes. Yeah, That's the hard part. I mean, we're making food for six people and the two of us are the only ones who are old enough to really do the dishes well. Right. So they can. they're at the point where they can... Bring their plate back from the table, but anyway, uh, that but becomes the, day the will hard come. part. Can you imagine yeah. the day will come when they will have to do dishes, and uh, it will yeah. be amazing? And I will have—I won't know what to do with my life. Maybe I'll get a master's degree or something with all my time <laughs> <laughs> doing dishes. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so I want, but I want to talk about what we don't eat during the day today. Right. So there are typical foods that people eat that we do not eat. So, uh, so we don't really typically buy things that come in a can. Like I don't, I don't. Because I don't know if it has a lot of nutrients in it. And I guess you can buy BPA-free things nowadays. But right. we get we do salsa from a, jar, a glass jar and we do uh, pasta sauce from a glass jar. But right. really, nothing else we really get from that's uh, sitting on the shelf, right. really. Well, the number of artificial ingredients that's added to our food supply numbers in the thousands. Mm-hmm. I mean, that has been the way over the last number of years to make people addicted to your food or to make your food have a natural shelf life. Right. Lots of fake colors. I mean, there's so many additives in the food. And so when you look at what you're eating, chances are there's a whole bunch of that stuff in there. And some of it goes by very funny names. You wouldn't know what it was. Right. Uh, I was looking at MSG. That's also called hydrolyzed plant protein. Oh, interesting. I mean, there's there's names like that. And you're like, right. I don't know what that is. Well, right. And so we don't give our kids things like... There's certain foods that I used to think were healthy, certain, I don't know, th- things in a package, bars or th- things like that. And if you really look at those things, I mean, they just have so much sugar in them. And again, <clears throat> if they're eating that, I think that's what they, they want. If they, eat, if they eat those sweet snacks, they're going to want those sweet snacks. So I just avoid snack food. So we don't have, we don't have any of those packaged bars or things that have lots of sugar, lots of ingredients. I don't buy cereal. I do let them have the homemade granola uh, when they want that. And, um, we don't do juice. That's another thing. We do not do juice. I have this memory. So we used to, juice seems like a healthy fruit. I don't know. Like, well, we've always thought it is healthy because fruits. Yeah. We were like, well, Kool-Aid's not healthy. Right. So we think it's a big step up from that, which it is, but Right. We've always thought of juice as a health food. Right. But I remember when our oldest son, he was not even two yet, and he used to drink a lot of juice. And one time I had a little bit of juice left for the next day, and the babysitter had actually drank in it, which is fine, but I just didn't know that it was gone. So I wake up and I go to give my almost two-year-old his juice, and it's not there. And he was flipping out for this juice, like going ballistic. And I did not have any juice to give him. And it was like 
goodness, this kid is addicted to this juice. This is not good. I mean, I still remember it, this huge temper tantrum over juice. And again, I think juice, it tastes, it tastes amazing. It's so sweet. It's so much sugar, but we ended up just cutting juice out completely. And of course there's that like detox, like they might flip out for a couple days, but now our kids just drink water. And I think when they're drinking that sugary drink all the time, it's just another thing to make other foods taste bad. So I think our taste buds are really not, um, what they should be in our country because we're so used to all this artificial sweet stuff. So then the other stuff just doesn't taste as good. That's true. And it takes time to like build up your your taste buds to to like things that aren't super sweet. And right. well, we think fruit is healthy, but fruit juice it's a very different product. Yeah, it's so just sugar. So it takes and... all of yeah, it takes all of the good stuff out of the fruit except the sugar, mm-hmm. and then you're even pasteurizing it. So all of the yeast cultures and stuff are out of it. It's not a probiotic. It's right. basically just sugar water. Right, and. I will say this. So I drank a lot of juice in college. I never drank soda because I ran cross country in high school. And I just remember our coach saying, don't do soda. It, um, it dehydrates you. It's not a good thing to drink. And that was, that was a new thing to me. I mean, I just didn't think about it. I just, I would drink soda and not really, it didn't affect me, you know? And so I kind of stopped drinking soda in high school and then I just totally lost my taste for soda. It just became this now to me, soda tastes like a gross chemical-y syrup liquid because I just have lost my my taste for it but I drank a ton of juice in I still college. like it I still like soda, soda? yeah I I, I there don't you understand go. It's, your, it. it's your it's your hot fries yeah for Lent one year I gave up coffee and instead I drank Diet Coke <laughs> which, which makes no sense so anyway I I drank Diet Coke and then I got like addicted to it oh, and gosh. I love Diet Coke it's your hot fries that and is your I don't thing. even think it tastes good but there's like, I never drink it anymore. And it's not because I have great willpower. It's because I don't. It's like, wow. if I had one, then I would start See, drinking it again. It's not a temptation to me when I drink it. I'm like, Oh, what is this thing that I'm yeah. I just don't drink it. And my kids, our kids have actually never had it, but I don't even know if they would like it. So anyway, in college, I drank a lot of juice cause it was like, Oh juice, that's healthy. And I will say, and a lot of this is genetics. I don't think it's all I don't. I think I might have just strong, healthier teeth. But I got two cavities in my life, and it was in college when I was drinking juice at every meal. And I cut juice out, and I only drink water and coffee and wine and beer, I'll be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but I cut out juice, and I haven't had a cavity since college when I had my two cavities. Yeah. So I do think, and my kids haven't had cavities well, yet, and they're not the best. Well, every dentist in America could tell you that coating your teeth in sugar two or three times a day is bad. Right, right. But I have heard people that do everything right and they still get cavities. So I think they're, I'm not saying like, don't drink juice and you won't get cavities, but I think it definitely helps for sure. And our kids have never had cavities and they aren't, I'm not going to say they're amazing tooth brushers because that is not the case. They're not amazing (laughs) tooth brushers. (laughs) But they don't get juice and they don't get sugary uh, yogurt or, or sports drinks. You know, we just do water. We, they drink, they get water water and milk. milk, Right. So, um, oh, and then we, so we don't have juice. We don't have packaged snack foods at all. They, their snack foods are the bread, the granola, the yogurt, the eggs. Uh, that's what they get for a snack. And of course, fruits and vegetables. But um, we cook everything in either butter, uh, coconut oil, olive oil, or uh, bacon fat. Bacon fat. We don't do vegetable oils because that's a whole thing that you can yeah. look into yourself. So we don't do any kind of vegetable oil. You can research that, but Right. Well, it's, I, I think it's pretty well agreed upon at this point. Everybody thought that fat was bad for mm-hmm. you. And so they started having hydrogenated, you know, trans fats and mm-hmm. things like that from vegetable oils. And then they found out those are really bad for you. Right. And the normal fats aren't bad for you anymore. So. Right. But again, we're not doctors. Listen to your doctor. If doctors like don't eat fat, I just we're not yeah. doctors. So. But we, we cook bacon, <laughs> save the bacon grease. Uh-huh. And it's incredible to cook stuff in. Well, it was funny because... Uh, since right now we're in this time with the cow where we're not getting a ton of cream because the calf is getting a lot of it. So we didn't have butter and we don't buy, we don't really buy meat right now because we only use our beef and we needed something to cook. We needed something to cook our food in. So Pete, you called me and you were like, go to the farm and get about 10 pounds of bacon so we can have, we can make bacon and we can use the bacon fat to cook stuff in. But I was- What a wonderful (laughs) problem. We're out of bacon grease. Yeah. But we keep it in the fridge in a little Tupperware and, you know, I'll cook an omelet in it. it. For high heat, it's good to use something like bacon fat if you're making something really, really high heat. Right. But Well, the olive oil oxidizes and then things like butter burn. Mm-hmm. So bacon fat has a much higher heat tolerance. And I've we, heard that avocado oil is really good for that too. Yeah. But. 
We do coconut oil too. The only hard thing with coconut oil is it makes things taste coconutty. Yeah, some so, people like that. I don't. Yeah, so I went to make an omelet, and I didn't have any. Ba- Usually, I'll make an omelet in bacon fat, and I didn't have any bacon fat, and um, I used coconut oil, and it was definitely like a coconutty omelet, which wasn't my favorite. Right, right. <laughs> I love coconut, just not in everything. Right, right. So. We try to eat simply. For, for us, variety is not that huge, but we eat well and we love our foods to taste good. Well, we've noticed in pretty much every area of life that there's this clutter. I mean, in mm-hmm. our thought life, in our materials, like mm-hmm. all the things that we have in our house. And every time we make something simpler, it actually becomes more satisfying. Mm-hmm. And food has been a huge wake up to that. We don't need a million ingredients. We don't need a million different varieties of things that we can eat. Mm-hmm. But if we have really, really good quality food, mm-hmm. then it becomes more satisfying. Right. More right. simple. And I used to look at these like long, like I wanted to make a good dinner. So you get these long grocery lists of ingredients. And again, now we just, what right. herbs do we have in the garden? What, what do we have? What can we make out of what we have? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're not stressing about a ton of variety. And, and honestly, I feel like when my kids do get a ton of variety, they're just not as, they're not as satisfied and they're. They're more whiny, and right. so right. just eating simple. And it, it sounds overwhelming, but little by little, it's just fit into the day naturally. And right. Well, I think there was this concept that, that occurred when we were, as, as, as humans, we were starting to be able to package food and ship it long distances, that it was a big benefit that we didn't have to put so much time into producing and preparing our food. And people felt like we get all this time back in our day and we don't have to spend so much time in this mundane activity of producing and preparing food. And somehow we went to the furthest extreme in that, which is fast food everywhere and packaged food everywhere. And a lot of people go through their whole day and they don't eat anything that is still alive. It all came out of a box or a plastic wrapper. And mm-hmm. and, and then we realized something that this very human activity of producing and preparing food is now gone from our life. Mm-hmm. And I think that this satisfaction went away with it. Mm-hmm. And we found that this, this intimate thing that Joel Salatin talks about where we're eating every day, that it's very satisfying to actually produce our own food. And it's very satisfying to, to make our own food. Mm-hmm. And it becomes part of the, the simple, wonderful part of the day. And even if it does take more effort, because it definitely takes more effort, something about that effort even becomes satisfying. Yes, right. And over time, it just becomes a normal part of the day that you don't think about so much. Right, absolutely. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up now, and that's basically kind of what we eat in our home. Yeah. And again, we're putting in a basically a two-acre orchard, so it's going to be a little different in a few years. Yeah, but this is a right journey. Now. This mm-hmm. is a total journey that takes many years to, to get to where we're trying to go. Right, and I don't think food should be stressful. I don't think it should be overwhelming, and I don't think it should be something that you feel guilty about, but I think... No, it should be little, a celebration. A celebration. Deeply and, satisfying. Mm-hmm. And little by little, just changing one thing at a time or cutting out one thing at a time. If you change your kid's diets immediately, it's going to be like detox and yeah. screaming and yeah. uh, but I start think, with the apple juice <laughs> yeah right water's great so yeah that's that's I guess that's it <laughs> all right everybody have a great day all right bye